As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Check Podcasts. Here we are. We're back. It's been a while. It's good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you. I have seen you a couple of times at Check in the building, but we have not had a chat, a conversation. It's been very brief. It's Hello, been very brief. I want you to know I've done that on purpose. Why? Uh, you asked me the other day, hey, Joe, can we go for coffee? I-, I couldn't go for coffee, but I wanted to have our first conversation after the three-week mic check break <laughs> to be on mic check so that our listeners can be fully up to speed on what's been going on. Be part of this reconnection that we're having A here. lot has happened in it, the last three weeks. It's true. We're going to get to all of that today. Before we start, though, I'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt First Nation. It is a privilege to be making this podcast on their land for you today in episode 156. We have one of my favorite people on Vancouver Island. For decades, he's been a columnist with the Times Colonist tackling issues like, you know, the lost art of handwriting, rogue cows in Machosin, how the Canadian accent is sexy. These are issues that our guest today has tackled. He's the only person that could tackle these issues because he is Jack Knox. Do you have a setting in which you produce your best work? Lying flat on my back on the couch at home. Jack Knox. On his back, laptop on his belly, propped up on a pillow, typing. Best job ever. (laughs) Really. I love Jack. I love his view on uh, everything uh, really in life, but Mm -hmm. all things Vancouver Island. He gets Vancouver Island. This podcast is focused on Vancouver Island, the stories, the people, the quirks. You can't do a podcast without having Jack Knox on it. I'm a big fan of him, uh, and he has a new book coming out. It's his fourth book. It's called Jack Knox. Um, I've got the title here. I was like, that's not what it's called. That's not what it's called <laughs> at all. It's called Fortune Knocks Once. Fortune Knocks Once, Musings from the Edge. And so I asked Jack to come in, and we are going to have a chat about the book, but we're also going to talk about uh, his views on where things are at in the city of Victoria, mm-hmm. uh, the local election, his job, all things Knox related. I think you're really going to enjoy this discussion. So that is coming up on today's episode. Before we get to that, though, we have a lot to talk about because we haven't done an episode in three weeks. Has it been four weeks now? Has it been a month? I think it's been a solid month that we have not put out new content. All right. Well, we are back. (laughs) We're back in a big way. Yeah. Uh, A lot has happened in the last month. Why don't you start? 
Me? Yeah, you have a new addition in the Lancaster family, and I think this is really exciting. <laughs> uh, we we talked about it before the break. We you, did. Yeah, you were going to get a, a dog. Yes. And that dog has arrived. Said dog is here. We have the dog. The dog is in our possession. It's part of the family now. Uh, we drove up to Campbell River and got uh, got him. He is a Aussie Mountain Doodle, uh, Australian Labradoodle, Bernadoodle kind of mix. Um, very tiny and fluffy and white. Uh, his the, we well, there's a big thing about the name. What are we going to name him? Uh, if you listen to the last episode, we called Rachel and offered her some names. None of those names were in the final running, by the way. Uh, but the name is Teddy. Teddy, like Teddy Bear. I like it. Theodore Dog. <laughs> Teddy. That's, yeah. a, that's a great name. Yeah. A beautiful dog. Blue oh, eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of them is solid blue and the other one's got a little blue in there. It might go a little bit uh, different color on so, the top. So what's that about? I mean, is that just <laughs> the pigment? Is just the way the dog was born? I mean, I love it. Yeah. But is there something going on there? As far From what I can tell, it's the, it's the, it's Merle, which is this kind of coloring, this gray and the spots with a little bit of black. And it always gets, you know, different weird colorings. And it kind of does stuff. The nose kind of has some pink in it still that may or may not fill in. The eyes have the blue. It, it, might, it may or might not have pigment Gorgeous. in the eyes. Gorgeous. Yeah. I like him. He's very cute. How have the first couple of nights been? Really good. Everyone's no problems. Everyone's freaking out about like it's so bad, blah blah blah. But I don't know. He's just a really good dog. We did. We're doing the crate training thing. So like, he woke me up at one. We went out, did the potty, came back, went right back in the crate. Boom. Oh, I'm so jealous. Four a.m. did the crate training thing. Back in the crate. Boom. And then six a.m. Boom. He's up and we're at it. Any whining? With the crate? Just a little bit. Like, not longer than, like, a minute. What we have, we've got this, uh, Rachel got this stuffy, and inside there's a little heart, and it does, like, a heartbeat vibrating thing, like, womp, 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 womp. And so, like, that's supposed to help them settle with, you know, being in the litter with the other pups laying on them. They feel the heartbeat or whatever. But he didn't like it in the crate with him, so I just sat it on top. So the whole car- <laughs> the whole crate kind of vibrates with this little heartbeat thing. I, th- I think that might be what's helping us. I don't we know. We were going to do the crate training with Georgie, but we cracked. Oh, did we you? We folded like a, like a can't be <laughs> Oh, no. Why? What happened? Just, just like immediately? Well, what George- did you do when she was a tiny pup? Georgie would um, didn't like the crate. Yeah, would make some noise, and we just went, oh, "Okay, come, <laughs> come and sleep with us." Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all in the past. It's fine now. Right. Right. It's, but but did she have accidents in the bed and stuff? Or I don't recall any accidents in the bed. That's good. I think it was just she wanted to be around people and didn't yeah. like the crate. I mean, it's a <laughs> scary crate. <laughs> It's totally. dark, it's a box, it's a it's, it's it's a jail cell. To me it's a lot like sleep training Sorry, a kid. But but <laughs> but good job, you yeah, should do it. Way to lock up your dog. But also horrible. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> when you sleep train the kids and it's like the same kind of principle where you leave them in there and they scream and cry, Rachel couldn't handle it. So I was the sleep trainer of the kids and mm-hmm. gave her noise canceling headphones, so I'm I'm the one doing the nighttime crate training for the pup as well. I can't even remember what's the walk situation when you have a puppy is you I, I don't know. Everyone's got different things right? right but we're following this uh set of <laughs> guidelines and you're not supposed to put them down where other dogs would be around because they might be on vaccine might get sick yes might i remember a- that yeah so currently we're i'm holding them and walking around we went to pet smart last night we've the been dog's in- not even walking on the walks no it's just ri- going on for a ride i that might be a bit excessive <laughs> I walk him around in our yard, and and, and, okay. and he's, he goes on a little But walk. I think that you... We're two days in, man. Two okay, yeah, days. Sorry, I'll pull back. <laughs> pull back. <laughs> With your comments and your judging. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, but I do think 
I do think you can have your dog out on public streets or not. Sorry, public streets. <laughs> Go <laughs> running him, in the roads. Just take him out to the one. But I do think you can, you know, be outside with your puppy. Yeah. But when other dogs come by, come by. Yeah. It's a good thing to pick them up. If, I think tonight we're going to go to the beach. We might go down to Woody's Lagoon tonight and sweet. do a little bit of that. So Teddy, yeah. Teddy will love that. That's great. <laughs> I, th- I hope so. Anything else going on in uh, the life of Kyle? I went to Kansas City. That was awesome. Yes. How was that good? It was good. Yeah. Saw my fam, saw my friends, ate some barbecue. Best part of the trip. Uh, we did a road trip from Kansas City to Chicago, and we saw Riot Fest in Chicago with My Chemical Romance and Alkaline Trio and a bunch of <laughs> descendants, a oh. bunch of punk bands. <laughs> It's great. That sounds horrible. Oh my god, it was so fun. You love that. It stuff, was though. crazy though. A- a- every single song, they yeah. stopped the entire concert, brought the lights up for for My Chemical Romance, right. and they paused everything and they said, "Everyone, take a big step back." And they just stopped the show. Every the crowd took a Why? step back. I think after the Astral World thing, maybe after the after the oh, people the died and yeah. stuff. And I think they were just being super cognizant. I don't know where we were. We were back far enough for lame old dudes. We were back in the back, but it was fine where we were. But apparently in the front, it was like crushed city. So what's the big song for My Chemical Romance? Welcome to the Black Parade. Right, you know it. Yeah. So there is some moshing going on. For I think so. Songs, I though. think so. But it was just crazy. Every single song, stop everything. Everyone take a step back. It was weird. But it was super fun. And you have I say, been up to a lot of I things. said awful, though, because it's not my cup of tea, the music. <laughs> the road trip sounds fun. Yeah, the road trip was great. Yeah, no. You have been traveling around the world. We went to Italy. This was a trip that's been sort of... Uh, planned for a while, yeah, and we finally did it, and it was great. It was wonderful. What a gorgeous country with so much history. I mean, I'm not even doing it justice by saying so much history. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about, you know, the Roman Empire, yeah, you know, A.D., B.C., like the first century of life on this planet. You know, um, you hadn't been over there before, had you? No, I've ne- never been to Italy before. I've been to Europe, right, and, and some other countries, but it was great. It was our first time booking with a tour company Ooh. where they plan all your hotels and your transportation and a lot of your activities. Nice. So we were doing it with other people that we didn't know. Oh, that's fun. Did you make some buddies? Yeah, kind of. By the end of it, we were buddy buddies with some people. There was a couple from Albany. Uh, he was a a police officer who we actually proposed on the trip. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's exciting. A lot of Canadians, a lot of French Canadians. Nice. Uh, it was great. Um, in terms of best parts of the trip, yeah, I think that Venice was incredible. Is it just like you see? like? Yeah. I mean, if you look at photos of Venice, yeah. you get a pretty good feel for it. But just, I don't think there's any other city that compares in terms of a city built on on water yeah. with so many canals and I think there's 140 bridges in the actual city. And is it truly like that, like everywhere? Or is that just like a little part where that's like this is this is the no, Venice it, you see? It's is... pretty much everywhere. Like wow. if you if you pull up Google Maps and click Venice, yeah, you'll see little bridges everywhere. But Google Maps actually is, isn't a good thing to use there. We we got lost because I was trying to use Google Maps <laughs> and it doesn't even account for all the little water. Like it oh. took me down a path at one point. <laughs> Where I was expecting, you just expect there's a bridge to get to the other side. Right. You're like, it's like an alleyway. Right. And you get, and then you hit water and you can't get to the other side. <laughs> it's like a labyrinth. Do you need to get like a boat, like call a little taxi to get we you did, across or something? No, you would just go another direction. Oh, I see. But we did do the gondola ride, which oh, was, was very cool. Nice. Um, so Venice was great. Rome is a massive city and it was, it was obviously great. One of the best things we ate was in Rome. Okay. Uh, have you seen the Netflix special? What's it called? It's a chef beyond 
the chef's plate or chef's plate. No, I think. No, I'm sure it's, Rachel has. Yeah, there's a there's a an episode or series. I think it's six episodes on pizza. Oh. And and so it's six of the greatest pizza makers in, in the world. Wow. Okay. Anyway, the second episode is Gabriel Bonci. Okay. I hope I'm saying that right. He is an Italian pizza maker, and we went to his pizza joint. In Rome, it's about two blocks away from the wall of the Vatican. Oh my gosh! And it was a two-hour wait for pizza. And, you're <laughs> like, and this is like a little, you know, kind of hole in the wall. Okay. Um, there's garbage cans outside. Like and is there like a long line? Long or? line up down the street, and then once you get in, think almost like second slice on Douglas Street, except right. maybe a third of the size. Like you walk in, and then there's a display case. Yeah. Three guys behind there. Really. And then they have. Uh, big pans of pizza. So it was thick, sort of thick crust almost. Yeah. Panned pizza. And you tell them sort of the size you want with your hands and they cut it with scissors. No way. And Bonchi's big thing is that every pizza only has three toppings. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowen Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else. And it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash. And they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back, no questions asked. So head to BolinBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code RESTFUL15. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What did you get? Uh, the one that I really liked was it had yams and steak. Oh like my beef. gosh! Strips yeah. of beef and yams and some really nice cheese. But he likes simple pizzas with the best ingredients, but yeah. only three toppings because then it gets too crazy. It's too much. It's after too that. much. And you said it was deep dish kind of thing. Yeah, it was thicker. I, I put a photo of the experience, a few photos on my on my wall on Instagram. If you want to go, Ooh, they made a look the wall. At, yeah, it was grid. It was grid worthy. <laughs> at Joey Perks. Uh, so uh, you get a box. I got probably like six different flavors. Okay, yeah. You get a box, and while you're in line, you can go up and get some pizza. And they have they have little um, I don't know the Italian name for it, but they're they're like balls, fried deep fried balls with carbonara pasta Ooh, inside. Yeah. And so you're drinking Italian beer, waiting in line. <laughs> then you get your pizza, and you just eat it on the street, standing there, basically. Is it by the slice then? Wait. By weight. By weight. Yeah. So once they once you get all your squares and you tell them your size and they kind of eyeball it and cut it. <laughs> okay. Then they weigh it, and then you get a ticket. You pay for it. They put the pizza in the oven and then you walk away with it. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it was very. That's cool. cool. It was very cool. <laughs> and, but but you know this is a place that it's called Bonchi. I can't remember the full name. Anyways, you know Anthony Bourdain's been there. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's not fancy. Right. Like, it's really... The food speaks for itself. Yeah. Wow. I will say this about the food. And we don't have to talk about too much about Italy, but <laughs> okay. I will say this. We had some incredible food while we were there. Yeah. You know, pizza and pasta was probably what we had most of. Okay. And we did the entire country. We, I mean, we did Venice, Rome, Florence, uh, Assisi, Siena. Uh, we were went down to uh, Capri, 
uh, sorry, Caprizi Island, we didn't go there. What's it? Um, is it Amalfi? Amalfi? I think it's Amalfi, Sorrento. Anyway. Wow. We did the whole island, so we tried a lot of different pizza. Uh, we went to Naples. You nice. know, I had a, a, a pizza from the birthplace of pizza. Oh, my gosh. The food was good, but this is what I want to say. Okay. The food here on Vancouver Island is good as well. Oh. And pizza, <laughs> no, pizza's pizza. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's there's only so many ways you can cook pizza. Okay. I love pizza. I, I, I truly do, but as good as the pizza was, with the exception of the Bonchi pizza, uh-huh. the rest of the pizza, delicious, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but there's pizza here that compares to what I had in Italy. Wow. Yeah. That's a big statement. Well, it's true. I mean, there are really talented pizza chefs here in Victoria. Look at the guys from Standard Pizza mm-hmm. or Prima Strada, mm-hmm. you know, or any of the, even if you like thick crust. I mean, it's hard to get thicker crust in Italy. I got Chicago deep dish when I was there too. I love that we both got pizza on our trips. Oh, you got Chicago in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was that? Good? It was amazing. So, there's good pizza here in Victoria. And I just think so many people go, oh, you got to try the food in, Ital- in Italy. Yeah. Oh, you like pizza? Have you had Ital- Italian pizza? <laughs> have, you, have you had pizza from, from you know, Naples? Right. And now I can say, yes, I have. And while it's very good, you're, you're right. It's right. delicious. Right. Head on down to Cook Street. I think that pizza's <laughs> pretty good as well. I just think that I, I'm, I'm not buying that argument. Okay. There's exceptions. Right. But I just don't buy that argument that, oh, the food is 10 times better. The pasta might be different, though. Oh. Just the, the sim- handmade kind of well, stuff? Well, the or? simplicity in the sauce and the cheese. Like, I think that some of the pasta is a, is a notch above. Wow. Okay. Like when you sit down, one of the first nights when we were in Rome, when we just got off the flight, we had to find a place to eat, and it mm-hmm. was a pretty simple place. Mary got a thing of it was just a, it wasn't carbonara, but it was like a white sauce with just cheese. Okay, it was delicious, like really good. Wow! And I'm just trying to think of a place here in town where you could go just get a simple bowl of pasta. For sure, it exists. Totally, but the difference is <laughs> is greater. Than pizza. Well, pizza is pizza. Pasta yeah, kind of has I think its so. levels. Okay. I think so. Okay. So anyway, it was a great tri- trip. And if anybody wants more information about you know <laughs> who we booked with or any of that stuff, you can reach out to me. I I don't even know why I said that. It's not like I'm getting a kickback gonna, from this yeah. company. We paid full price. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you'll go again after you send so many my well, listeners there. Well, I'm just trying to think of things that our listeners can take away from these trips um, without you know, talking too much about them. But I will say this, and this will be my last thing. This was the first time we had gone with a tour company to mm-hmm. book a trip. Mm-hmm. When we were going to Italy, it was overwhelming. You know, you got to book a hotel in Rome. You got to book a hotel. If you want to go I, up to Venice, you got to book a hotel. How I don't do you, think I can do Then that. how do you get there? Yeah. You know, taking trains, renting cars, whatever. It, this was great in the sense that everything was done for you. Yeah. Um, but it was not a relaxing vacation. <laughs> right. It was of the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Can you do a vacation like that, though, and be relaxed? I like, don't think I don't, you can. I, I think, think that's, like, something else that you're doing. You're having an experience. But you're it was there. almost too much some days. Like, the in the middle, like, when we got there, we went we went south Rome, south, and then as we were working our way up north back to Venice, we, we had a day in Rome. Okay. And that was the big day where you, we were going to the Colosseum and the right, Vatican. Right. You know, we're going to see where the ashes of... Julius Caesar lie. Oh my gosh. Right? All the stuff that like is never Crazy. connected to your real life Crazy. when you get to actually see it in it's real It's hard life. to even wrap your head around <laughs> one of these things. Yeah. But so you wake up at, you know, early start, 6.30, oh 7. You love Breakfast that. at the hotel. I don't mind about the early wake-ups. That's fine. And then it's a three-hour walking tour of the Coliseum. 
Then you get like an hour break, and then you have to get yourself over to the Vatican. Then another three-hour tour. Oh, boy. Like, and there are seniors on this trip that were, <laughs> were struggling to keep up. When we were in Pompeii, it rained for three hours. We didn't even have rain gear. Oh, we had man. to buy those ponchos. <laughs> Last I, I saw you in the poncho. Yeah. Last thing I'll say. I, fo- I found the Colosseum fascinating mm-hmm. and interesting and a little mm-hmm. depressing and sad. And yep. I'll tell you why. When you walk in, there's so many people taking photos mm-hmm. of the Colosseum. When you look at it, it's incredible. I mean, this is one of the first stadiums. Basically, every stadium we have all over the world today can be traced back to the Colosseum. Right. They were so – they're the pioneers of building uh, magnificent structures like that. Mm-hmm. But what I've really struggled with was the number of people who actually died in the Colosseum. Yeah. Different time, I get that. I think our tour guys said over the length of all the gladiator battles that had played out there, about half a million people died. There were weekends where like a thousand people would die. What? The Romans loved blood. Yeah. They loved blood. And that's what they did was watch these gladiators fight. And slaves. Gosh. Right? And, and so I struggled with walking around and seeing it. And, and I, I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, we got a photo in the Coliseum. Yeah. But all these people taking photos, you know, and selfies. You feel like it should be more reverent yeah, when you be in there. Yeah, a little bit more respectful. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but that was just my one takeaway from the Coliseum. I thought you were going to say just, like, enjoy the moment of being there. But it's more just about the reverence of being in that particular place. That was just my personal takeaway. <laughs> was that was my personal takeaway. I just found it weird. Everyone's taking selfies, and this is a, you know, the final resting place. I, I don't think the bo- well, no, the bodies weren't still there. They were dragged out. Right. They had a door that they dragged out. The a special door. Oh my god. You know, but even that, right? Like it's just gruesome and gross. It's <laughs> totally. like, why are we <laughs> celebrating this? But it is part of history. And anyway, we, we could go down a big rabbit hole with all that. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Let's move along, shall we? vacation was good. No, it was great. But really, truly, listeners, we are excited to be back, and we're glad we're back doing this. Yeah. um, Mike Check is going to be noon on Wednesdays if you want to watch us on TV. You can watch us anytime on Check Plus for free. I think that changed. What changed? We're not at noon on Wednesdays anymore. We're not? Let me consult my uh, sheet What do you here. mean? I've been telling everybody, and by everybody, I mean two people. I know, right? Noon on Wednesdays. Nope. Schedule has changed. Check fall schedule 2022. Mike check is 8.30 in the morning on Wednesdays. <laughs> we are Noon on Wednesdays on check is uh, Pictionary. Pictionary at 12 and 12.30, 25 words or less at 1 o'clock. You can find Mike Check at 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday. That's on actually Check. a better spot than noon. I like it in the morning. Yeah, like getting ready. that's a better spot. 8.30 a.m. Wednesday, it's way better. <laughs> I mean, if you download Check Plus, you can watch it whenever you want. We got bumped by Pictionary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I do want to mention before we get to Jack Knox, which we will do, we promise that uh, Mike Check is brought to you by our favorite post-secondary institution on Vancouver Island, and that is Camosun College. We're proud to have them as a sponsor. And there's some big news from Camosun just announced this week. The school has signed a five-year partnership agreement with Miriam College. Miriam is located in the Philippines. Okay. This agreement allows Miriam students to come to Camosun for post-degree diploma studies as well as other programs. It gives them the opportunity to learn abroad right here on Vancouver Island. That's the first stage of this agreement that was just signed 
Okay, the nice. second stage will establish a reciprocal student exchange program where tuition is waived for students to attend one or two semesters of study at the partner's college. Wow. How neat is that? That's cool. Going both ways. Most of the students heading to the Philippines and those students at Miriam coming here to Camosun. I mean, that just speaks to uh, the reach of Camosun and the influence this school has on the global stage. The first students from the Philippines will arrive in fall next year, 2023. I think this program uh, is just another extension, another chapter in the growth that Camosun is showing, not just here on Vancouver Island, but really, uh, you know, all around the world. I mean, it's putting itself on the international stage and that's great. Uh, in 2021, in that school year, Camosun had 1,700 international students from over 70 different countries, wow. making it one of the most internationally diverse colleges, not just on Vancouver Island, but in the entire country. Wow. Well done, Camosun. Thank you for supporting Mike Check. If you want more information, head online to Camosun's website and you can get it all there. All right. Without further ado, we've done a lot of talking. It's time to bring someone else in yeah. for some conversation. <laughs> Jack Knox, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here is Jack. Uh, Jack, thanks for coming in. The fourth book that you have put out is called Fortune Knox Wants Musings from the Edge. What made you want to put out another book? Uh, my massive ego. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, it's part of it. No, I like having, it's fun to have a book. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's more substantial. You don't wrap fish in it and it, you know, doesn't disappear into the ether. You can go, I wrote that. Then you can look at the typos and you go, ouch. No, um, no, it's nice to have the opportunity. Sure. Um, and that's part of the, that's, that's right in the title. Um, seize opportunity, seize fortune when you can. But to tell you the truth right now, after the last couple of years, mm -hmm. which have been like sticking a fork in a light socket and trying to hang on with all the angst and the fear, I'm going, we could all use a laugh. So do Absolutely. a humor book, turn down the temperature. One of my favorite things about you is the way that you view Vancouver Island, a place you have called an island of misfit toys <laughs> in the past. Uh, you have written before that our home, our piece of paradise here on the island is, and I quote, a place where millennials and elders pay more for their bikes and their cars. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Albertans come in droves for a double dose of craft beer and culture shock, and any single man who still has some teeth is referred to <laughs> as a catch. Uh, that was, I believe, a few years ago. Yep. Does that still stand up? Do you still believe that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I do. It's our we have odd demographics, and we have we have we have we don't question things about ourselves that the rest of the country does. You think that really? Eh? Um, we're a bit. Uh, it's an exaggeration because yeah. that's where you find a lot of humor is in hyperbole. Sure, but sure, we we are different in a lot of ways from a lot of other parts of the country. The last few years you mentioned have been difficult, no questions, just with the pandemic, but um, things seem to be getting nastier out there. We're in the middle of a municipal election, which I'm yeah. sure is a lot of fun covering as a newspaper man. Do you love municipal elections? I do and I don't. You there's, do. there's, too, there's too much of it here. Like just practically speaking, I, it would be fun to focus on one race, um, right? But we can't here. There are, I think, in in the capital region, there are two hundred and sixty four candidates for municipal office and school board in the CRD, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like sorting out the penguins on the beach. Uh, and I brought that in because your 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 article, as we record this, it came out just hours ago. Uh, you call candidates penguins. I don't know if there's anyone else that could get away with doing that on the island. But you're right. I mean, there's too many of them. They're all the same. Yeah, and and it really is difficult to parse. You know, what are you in favor of? Um, honesty, integrity, and transparency. Well, sure. But do you <laughs> like it because of the quirkiness? Because there are some interesting candidates. There's so many. Yeah. There's got to be some interesting ones in there, and that kind of lends itself to what you do: is find the quirky, find the humorous. Yeah, and but what's also really interesting is going municipality to municipality and seeing differences within the races. Like Victoria's got a nasty edge to it. It's always got some ideological layers that the other places don't, and there's a bit of snarl. Well, meanwhile, in Saanich, all the council candidates are taking selfies as, in, together as a group, and, right. and, they're, and it's quite civil. Right. Um, and then you can get the smaller places where um, relationships go back years and years and years. So There's no question online on Twitter things are just disgusting. Like, Twitter is ruining lives right now. I, I believe that. There's I, no way that Twitter... Sure, we get some information and some knowledge. Yeah. But for the most part, if you spend your day tweeting, which many people do in this yeah. town, it seems like it's the same few hundred people tweeting all the time. That's got to be doing something to our mental health. It is. I actually killed the Twitter app on my phone. Really? Um, and the thing is, and which is a big step because for a journalist, yeah, it's it's where you learn a lot of you know a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that break on Twitter, but it is just so toxic, and it can skew your view of what reality is actually like if you keep your head in the screen all day long without going outside and talking to real people about what they actually care about and how they're leading their lives it's a it's a totally different place do you feel like you're missing anything not having twitter right now yes there are little bits that pop up that that i'm going oh i should have known that however overall i think it's a i i you probably get a more realistic version of the world off twitter Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, without that constant hounding, hectoring, angry, that self-righteous indignation is the scourge of our day. Yeah. I, I am. That's one of the biggest changes. Like I've been in newspapers since I was 19 years old, basically, and that's one of the biggest differences I've seen is not only toxic self-righteous indignation, but uninformed toxic toxic self-righteous indignation enough so that you didn't want to be on social yeah. media anymore and yeah. in terms of twitter yeah i just i'm yeah. i'm tired of the chatter the yeah. the that doesn't help 
let's talk about Victoria. I want to ask you a few questions, get your thoughts on some things happening in the city. We're in the middle of a municipal election, and one of the uh, big themes that has emerged, not just in this election campaign, but for a couple of years now, is that violence is up in the capital city and that the city in general is going down the drain. Some people believe that. Some people strongly believe that the city is going in the wrong direction. So I'm curious, someone that's lived here a long time, that's covered the city uh, in many forms, do you think Victoria is going down the drain? Um, I've been reading city going down the drain stories for 40 years. <laughs> um, is it good? But so I, I hesitant to, to go there. Is it worse than, a, than this discussion 10 years ago? Yes. As okay. far as far as if you're talking about crime on the street and dysfunction on the street, yes, it is. And, but it's not particular to Victoria. Um, but yes, it's definitely noticeable. Um, yeah. whether you can blame that on council. You know, at, yeah, I, I, I'm hesitant to go there. Yeah, um, I think they've been. They've had a I've, tough job. They have. They've, they've had, had a really tough job. Yeah, and and the and what's interesting with this council is it's okay. I forget what the figure is. Municipal councils get something like eight percent of the tax pie. Yeah, I think take, it might be six, but okay. six or eight. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's down there. They don't have income tax. They don't have. No, they're not getting royalties from forestry and gas and oil. Yeah, the money they spent is comes from property tax, and and that's it. And they have a fairly defined role, or what's supposed to be a fairly defined role in what they do with their small slice of the tax pie. You know, parks, recreation, fix the roads. Da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Here they've been expanding that role, um, but largely because of a vacuum. So city has been talk about mission creep expanding it into non-traditional areas um frankly because nobody else was going there um the federal government kind of got out of housing in the 1990s and left a big gap so right so uh, yeah they, they're trying to do a lot and that's controversial but is it difficult for you to watch as someone that prides himself in being from Vancouver Island? I mean, there's some people that look at Vancouver Island and they go, well, Jack Knox, you know, the face and the voice of Vancouver Island. And here you are in your city. You just said it. Things are getting worse than they were. Does that pain you on a, on a personal level? No, but it's on a human level. There's, and this, it's, it's funny, Victor, what I really notice right now and is that Victoria is less certain of what it is than it was. I came to town in 1988, and this was a, a leafy, this was a town that was confident in itself as a leafy, lovely, laid-back, small-scale city that was deliberately small-scale. Like there was a cap on the size of, of buildings. That's changing. Then it's driven by the housing crisis, yeah. where we're going, you know, you can, it's getting a big division between people who have houses and lovely leafy yards and those who don't have a chance of ever getting in. Mm -hmm. um, the solutions obviously aren't as simple as a lot of people would like, as long as we have a flow of people wanting to live in the loveliest part of Canada. Yeah. So has it has that made your job more challenging? Because, you know, I think your job, you could sum it up, I mean, you're you're looking for the joy in things. You know, you're looking to put a smile on people's faces. 
some of the time with your column. Yeah. Is that is it becoming harder to do given just the the current state of affairs? No, because you could. You just have to make sure you don't get so narrowly focused on the negative that you miss the positive. This is still a beautiful, lovely place to live, and, and our lives are good. We're among the most affluent yeah. people in one of the most affluent countries and the nicest part of one of the most affluent, most peaceful, most orderly countries in the world, and we can't lose perspective of that. There's a, an American poet called Cat Savage who wrote a, she wrote a poem, and she talks about the mayhem and the magnolias existing simultaneously. There's good, there's bad. Um, I started writing a humor column 25 years ago when I was the city editor at the Times Columnist, which frankly is a meat grinder of a job. <laughs> um, and you're dealing with nastiness and stress all day long. And I just started writing a humor column mostly for myself, just as... Just as, for your sanity. Yeah. just to, as Is that a, how it started? Yeah. I... Um, Wow. I wrote my first, com my wife made hats and sold them in craft fairs. And I wrote a column about the sheer misery of husbands being dragged to around to Christmas craft fairs. And I was going to start a <laughs> beer garden outside. That's um, such a Jack Knox column. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun to do. And I'm, yeah. and was that the first, was that the first column that got you down this path of being a, a humorist? Yeah, that was uh, December, 1997. Wow. Almost exactly 25 years ago. The first piece was being dragged to a craft fair so that your wife could sell hats and you went, what am I doing here? Yeah, pretty much. I, it was just mostly watching these guys being dragged around. They looked like the Walking Dead, looked like extras from the Walking Dead. It's like being... the guys at uh, you know Mayfair Shopping Center who sit at the, on the couches outside <laughs> the bay <laughs> Yeah, and looking it. at their watches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I'm glad that we went back to your right and we can get on something a little bit more hap happy. Um so the first article was the one with about the craft fair. Do you remember what the second one was? Or do you remember when oh, maybe man. did did your editor come to you and say, "This is pretty good. You've got something here. See if you can make them laugh again." Yeah, I actually can't remember what the second one was. Um, but, but was do you remember that time in your life where the reaction was positive? You realize, I mean, until that time, oh, it yeah. didn't sound like you were doing anything humorous. I had I had done it earlier in my career elsewhere. I'd done humor bits now and then and I think like I'm not I'm not I'm far from being the funniest guy on around I'm not Come on. I'm not close to being the funniest guy in the TC newsroom that's Andrew Duffy Duffy can just make me cry laughing um <laughs> yeah but but yours but it, is a smart sort of well thought out humor that that people appreciate I think and it, your outlook you and your outlook on things well, the thing is, there's there's different types of humor. Like I would, I, I do a lot of stuff that's just straight whimsy, and you and you can't almost almost can't explain it. You just know it's funny, and you go yeah. with it. Yeah. And then there's satire, which in a lot of ways is closer to actual news reporting than it is to whimsy. Satire is in the gap between how things are presented and how they actually are. And Canadians are actually great at satire, from Stephen Leacock to This Hour Has Twenty Two Minutes, mm -hmm. and and even a lot of the people who went to Saturday Night Live and Second City. Can I stop you? What yep. do you think about this hour has 22 minutes these days? I barely watch it. Okay. Um, there's, some, that, there's some bits and I, I, that have me howling. There's I, other bits that I went, oh. I was shocked. I think it hits, it's hitting 30 years. Yeah. I say that, sorry, fully knowing that I can't do what they do and I'm in awe of their talent. But Yeah, when I, I kind of, it's one of those things where I kind of, 
stumble across it now and then. Okay. And sometimes I go, that is really funny. Yeah. And other times they're going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the book, and again, the name of the book is Fortune Knocks Once, Musings from the Edge. This is a compilation, is it not? Yeah, largely. I've taken, um, it's based on, on column, previous columns. Um, and often I'll take four columns on one subject over the years and mush them together and update them. And um, But yes, it's, it's largely a, a compilation. Are there subjects that you cover on Vancouver Island that you're sick and tired of covering? I say that because we had a discussion in the newsroom the other day. We have a new executive producer, Alicia Doyle. She's wonderful. And BC Ferries sent out a release saying, long weekends right around the corner, the Thanksgiving long weekend, make sure you have your ferry reservation. She said, I'm going to write a little something up on this. Do you want it in your show? And I went, no, I'm good. Every long weekend, we get a release. And, and this is not, not a knock against Alicia at all, but, but I'm just so tired of telling people, book a reservation. I'm tired of people tell, telling them that there was a, you know, f- a small earthquake you know, that no one felt. I'm tired of yeah. saying that somebody saw a cougar way off in the woods. There's no one around, but there is a cougar. Like, these are the stories that we live on the island. They're going to come yep. up. So do you have some of those? Yeah, we had a, a, a it's funny, we had a, a guy who's now retired, Norm Gidney, was a business writer who knew everything on Vancouver Island, but he used to talk about uh, Victoria's imaginary friends, the island's imaginary friends. And it was like a fix for the Malahat, and uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good and one. Well, sewage treatment, we actually, which actually yeah. did happen. But these these stories that we'd write about time after time after time, and I'm actually at the point now where I'll go, oh, that old story, we can't, you know, we can't do that again. And then I'll go, I haven't written about that for 20 years. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of at the other end of the spectrum <laughs> now. You're going back to some of those stories. Oh, yeah. 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 And I'll come, I'll, what terrifies me is I'll come up with what I think is a, a really funny line. And then I'll realize that I've actually, I actually did it 15 years ago, word for word. No I can't re- I can't remember writing the column, but when I look it up in the archives, there it is. But isn't that yeah. a good thing that you still, you know, your humor's still there, you're still sharp? I mean, I, who, I'm not suggesting that your 20 years ago was your prime. That came out wrong. <laughs> but, but you know I'm what? out. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean. I mean, it was yeah. funny then, and now it's, it's got to be funny again. Yeah, it's... It is interesting because okay because going through old columns, um, it strikes me some stuff does hold up. Right. Um, other stuff dates really quickly, particularly topical humor. Um, remember Ken Jennings, the guy from Jeopardy. Jeopardy? He wrote a whole book on humor um, that was kind of depressing because once you start trying to pull everything apart, it's uh, mm-hmm. it kind of sucks some of the fun out of it. Um, but he talked about things that were, you know, you would come up with what was cutting edge humor, you know, for Seinfeld. Right. But when you um, keep repeating what seemed like fresh humor at the time, suddenly it's stale. And you go and say, that was actually a pretty funny joke in 2003. <laughs> and now I've heard it every time I turn on just for laughs. Right. You know. Isn't so. he good though? I, Ken Jennings? Oh, yeah. I, and yeah. I, I love Mayim too as, as the co-host, but I think, I, I just, I have to give it to Ken. I think that he's perfect for the job, don't you? Well, he's got that kind of quirkiness. It's like Trebek, a little bit. Yeah. 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 No, I, it's funny how invested people are in the host of that show. It yeah. was, it's kind of endearing in a way that they feel that sense of ownership over it. For sure. Well, and, and even more so here at Check because we've had it on our channel for so long yeah. and we've got nothing to do with the production of Jeopardy, but... 
you know, I think that there are some people that associate it with, with check yeah. just because that's the channel they go to. Um, is there one story in the book? I mean, I'm sure that you're going to be asked this many times as you go out and start talking about this new book, but is there one story that stands out to you or one story that you like more than the others? Um, there's a couple. There's one that's really hard to describe on air, but I did one um, as a Q&A on Pi Day, you know, Pi, the mathematical. Sure, 3.141. So wow. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all I got. <laughs> um, and it's just a Q&A, and it's just totally goofball stuff. So sorry, who do, who's doing the Q&A? You and some make-believe person? Uh, I am I am the one replying, about, okay. and, I, and I know nothing about math. Do never never yeah, trust me, me with neither. numbers. Um, but it was just a goofball one, and it was just fun to do, and to try to explain it is loopy. Um, I actually, I also included a couple of more serious pieces that I liked. Um, one was on a dear friend. I, I have kind of two role models in my life. One was my dad, who was just a kind, decent man. And the other was a, a Victoria man called David Graham, who died about a decade ago. And he was at his at his funeral. Um, the man who gave the eulogy said, "We all show the best of ourselves some of the time." David lived that all his all of the time, and that described him. And I wrote it. I wrote. I was I was happy to include a chapter about him. It's a humor book, um, but sometimes the things that make you smile aren't the things that make you laugh. Right. Right. How do you know if a, a column worked? It's almost. I can tell beforehand whether it's going to, whether it's going to live or die. Um, and um, some days you hit deadline. Best best column writing I got was from Jim Taylor, the old Vancouver sports columnist, right. who got it from Eric Nickel, who was probably the best newspaper humor writer Canada ever had. And he said, some days all you got in, got in you is garbage. Just give him the best garbage you got, <laughs> which is do your best by deadline, then move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. um, the best humor columns flow. Like they just come out like water out of a tap and you go, man, this this is pretty good. And what is that? Is it the words? Is it the grammar? Is it just the thoughts? Is it a combination of all three? If I could bottle that, I yeah. would do it every time. Yeah. Um, do you, and, and I'm... Do you have a setting in which you produce your best work? Is it at home at your, you know, at your desk or? Probably on my, lying flat on my back on the couch at home. Probably most often. The newsroom. Laptop on the belly? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, the newsroom is the worst place to do humor. So I, if I'm doing a humor column, I'll just try and find somewhere else. Jack Knox on his back, laptop on his belly, propped up on a pillow, typing. Best job ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, Jack, I, I got to get it in. When does the book come out? It, uh, it should actually appear at any moment. Um, okay. but the official launch date is October 18th and the launch itself, the official launch is at Monroe's on the 29th of October. Can people get it? They can get it at Monroe's obviously, but yeah. other bookstores as well and yes. online, I'm sure. Yep. Um, and it's supposed to be showing up at any moment. I haven't actually seen it yet. I can't wait. It has, is it purple, the color scheme you it is. with this year? Look for purple. Yeah, and, it is. And your face is on it too. Yeah, right? it's the top half, okay. which I think is the best half. Okay, well that so, should yeah. should help sales, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, the book is called Fortune Knocks Once, Musings from the Edge. Jack, I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank oh. you for coming in and uh, all the best with the latest book. And I hope you never stop writing. So thank you. Thank you. A big thank you to Jack Knox for sitting down with us and talking about his career and his life and his work process and his new book. Uh, I've said it many times, I'll say it again. I love Jack. Uh, he's just such an ambassador for Vancouver Island, and I, I think he's just a very uh, nice man. De- you know when they say he's a decent man? Yeah. And decent's almost better than he's a great man. Right. When they say he's a very decent man. That's, Jack's <laughs> a decent man. Um, this podcast cannot be done without the support of Budget Blinds Victoria. Fall is here, and that means it's time to bring on Lairs this mm. season. Are you excited about, you know, Larry? I'm, I'm layered up today. I got my hoodie on. I'm ready to go. You know, we're bigger guys, yeah. and, and we like having a little bit of comfort. Yeah, you know? just cover that up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Fall season, we it's all about Larry. Yeah. Sweaters, scarves, you got it. So uh, the same can be applied to your home. You can have layers at home. Dress your windows with beautiful blinds, shades, shutters, and drapery to truly make a statement in your house. Budget Blinds is here to help deliver the perfect custom window treatment solution for your style and your budget. Their local design consultants deliver beautiful style and expert service from their complimentary consultation right to the final installation. Budget Blinds Victoria makes the process easy and enjoyable. Go see their showroom on Fort Street today. Before we let you go, this is election season and i want to let you know that on the 15th of october it's a saturday you might be listening to this after then mm-hmm. if that's the case you can just turn us off and we'll see you for the next episode. next episode yeah <laughs> but if you're listening between now and october 15th municipal election voting day uh in bc then we want you to know that at 9 p.m on saturday night we are going to have an election results show on check it'll be on check it'll be online check plus uh stacy ross and i will host along with some very special guests outgoing mayor lisa helps in victoria is actually going to be one of our panelists oh, wow. as we focus on as many ridings as possible on vancouver island the focus of course will be you know victoria saanich Langford, some of the bigger races mm-hmm. but uh we are going to have live election result coverage polls close at eight o'clock we'll go live at nine and again uh, online lots of information there but we hope you join us for our live civic election results show, 9 p.m. Saturday, October 15th, right here on Check. And with that, anything else to get in, Kyle? Thank you for listening. It's good to be back. Good to see you again, Joe. Great to to see you. Yes, well said. Thank you for listening to Mike Check. We'll talk to you again very soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.